today I'd like to take a look at the idea of leaving a legacy. Now, the dictionary definition of a legacy is this. It's a gift by will, especially of money or other personal property, or a legacy is something that is received from an ancestor or a predecessor, or it's something from the past. And the idea is this. A legacy is something that you either own or you possess or you've put your life into it. You've invested in You've invested into it and you intend to give it to somebody else. And it's usually something that outlives you in the end. So it's something that has great value. Those are the kind of legacies that we would like to see us all have. And one would think that everyone would live their life with the idea of passing on a legacy worth leaving. But as I take a look at the way that people live their lives, particularly Americans, it seems that most people live their lives without giving one single thought to leaving a legacy. Rather than pouring their lives into things of eternal worth, they just seem to throw their money away and they spend their time on meaningless pursuits. And sadly, it also seems to be true for American Christians. And even we can see our churches behaving in such a way that they have no sense of leaving a legacy for those that would follow them. Now, you see, there's both individual legacies and there's corporate legacies. And we're going to take a look at both of those. And I think in the end, as we consider these things today, we're going to find out that they both have something in common. So if you could now turn to your Bibles, if you brought them with you, or go ahead and read in a pew Bible, we're going to look at the book of Luke, chapter 12, verses 32 through 34 where we read what kind of a legacy that God has left us. And if you prefer, we also have the screen overhead. Luke 12, starting verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together to hear from your word and to learn more about a legacy that's worth leaving. Lord, help us to know what that means and help us to live lives that example the legacy that you have left for us. And we'll give you the thanks for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Did you know that you can actually buy a legacy? You can actually buy and leave a legacy. Would you like to know where you can do such a thing? You can buy and leave a legacy at Disney World. In fact, if you go to the Epcot Center, there's a kiosk where if you just lay down some money at the kind uh, countertop people there, they'll set you up with a legacy. They'll give you a legacy that you can then leave. They'll take care of all of it for you. And there's only one catch. The problem is this. Once you've left your legacy, you need to be able to go and find it in all the expanse of Disney World. To give you an idea of just how difficult it can be to find your legacy in Disney, take a look at this little video overhead. Okay. 
here's the first obelisk. And I think we're at the second one, right? Are you going to help me? Or are you going to find it. I have to find it? Well, I thought it was the second obelisk. This is the second one. A, B, C, D. Let's see here. Let's see. What happened? What happened to my picture? Oh, here it is. It's not there. Is it the first obelisk? It's the first obelisk. I still don't know how to find our picture. It's the first obelisk. And there we are in beautiful, living, glorious black and white. And I've got a goatee. 38. 38. D. D. There we are. So I still can't find our Leva Legacy. That's embarrassing. Now that little legacy that you that you saw was nothing more than a little picture. It's about one inch square. It's a little rectangle, and it's not bad enough that the picture doesn't even look like Mary and I. What's even worse is that I still have trouble finding it. Can you imagine what kind of trouble I'd be in if Disney ever moved it? I'd never find my legacy. So if that was the only thing that I ever poured myself into, if that was going to be the legacy that I expect to pass on to somebody else, then that's not much of a legacy, is it? I don't think that would be. Well, maybe I should pour my time and energy into something else in order to give somebody a legacy. In fact, we all pour ourselves into all kinds of other things. In fact, I brought some of them to church today, and they're on this table underneath this covering and I'm sure you're all anxious to see what's underneath so I'm going to show you and you're welcome to say ooh and ah or you can laugh as you're doing that's fine too there's all kinds of things on this table here things that we do that we uh, spend our money on and spend our time doing now if you're an outdoor outdoorsman and you like to fish here's a rod and reel kind of makes me want to go what a line summertime is a good time for doing that maybe this is one of the things that we invest in or if you're not a fisherman maybe you prefer this kind of a device this is a golf club now we've all seen this the u.s open is on television now there are people that spend hundreds of dollars on on, on a set of golf clubs all so that they can hit a little white ball into a hole in the ground there's a legacy for you <laughs> I'm just kidding, golfers, really. I, I respect you. I love you in the Lord. And someday I'll be able to also get the little hole, you know, the little ball in the hole. What else do we have right here? We have a little tool case. We have our work that we invest ourselves in. We all have work to go to. And some of us spend a lifetime pouring all of our time and energy getting ahead in our jobs, we, 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 we work at getting more money. We work at getting more power and prestige. And all of our energy gets spent on the work job. So by the time we get home, there's nothing left. What else have we got here? Well, if I was really up to date, I'd have an iPhone sitting on this. Okay? I don't have an iPhone. I have a regular cell phone. But the iPhone is, is an amazing thing. There are people that were standing in line for up to eight hours to get a telephone. 
In fact, the mayor of Philadelphia was in line waiting for an iPhone until somebody finally walked up to him and said, don't you realize there's already been 200 murders and you're standing here in line waiting for an iPhone? That's amazing. We are now so dependent upon our cell phones, we can't imagine living without them. In fact, I've heard the story of a couple that do all of their communicating to each other on their cell phones, even when they're home together. It's amazing. And then there's also, don't forget, your blackberries. What businessmen could possibly survive without their blackberries? We've invested so much in our data information, we now have a, a, a medical condition that doctors treat for the cramps that you get in your thumbs, investing all of your time in your blackberries. And there's all kinds of other things on the table here. There's our cars that we invest in. Everybody has to have a nice car to drive. And then our little boats. Isn't that cute? You have to have one of your boats to ride around in one of the 10,000 lakes if you live in Minnesota. And there's all kinds of other things that we could put on this table that represent the things that we pour ourselves into, the things that we invest our time and our money, our houses, our clothing, our television sets, our iPods, all kinds of things that we seem to be extremely interested in. And these things all have something in common. The one thing these things all have in common is that none of them are going to last. None of them have any eternal value whatsoever. So if this is something that we're going to invest ourselves in, in terms of having a legacy, these things also do not make a very good legacy. Well, maybe we need to find something else to invest in. Well, on, on our vacation last month, Mary and I met a remarkable couple. The husband was a very well-established cardiologist. This man really has done well for himself. Uh, they, they live right outside. That's, not, that's a picture of my wife, Mary. That's not the cardiologist. Okay. Uh, anyways, they live right outside Disney World. They live in a gated community, and they just seem to have it all. And as, uh, as they uh, shared their lives with us, we found out that uh, the wife is a homeschool mother, and their kids go out on mission trips. We thought, what a wonderful thing we're having dinner with a Christian couple. It was a wonderful time we had with them. And then they pulled out a picture of the family, and they showed us their family photo. And it was a beautiful family. They had four daughters. But two of the daughters were not burst to them. Two of their daughters were adopted. We found this is amazing. Now, you would think, think about this, a, a medical doctor, a cardiologist living in Florida, all the money in the world, you would think that a person like that would be able to get whatever kind of a child he, he or she would like to have. Maybe get someone with straight hair, perfect teeth, no defects of any kind. That's not the kind of child that these people chose to adopt. Both these daughters had cleft palates. And in their culture, those children would be considered outcasts. And while we were eating with them, they were telling us they had plans to go to China to adopt another uh, child. This one was going to be a boy. And guess what? This boy was also going to have a cleft palate. These people didn't choose to take the children that were wanted. These people chose the children that are unwanted. And when I remarked to this person how I thought God was going to bless them because of their tremendous hearts, 
He had a wonderful answer to me. The father said to me, when I think about the end of my life on this earth, I know I'm not going to be impressed with a bigger bank account or a bigger car or a bigger house. So my wife and I have decided to invest our lives into other human beings. Did you hear what he said? I know when I think about the end of my life on this earth, I know I'm not going to be impressed with a bigger bank account or a bigger car or a bigger house. My wife and I have decided to invest our lives into other human beings. Now, I think they're on to something. The legacy that they're leaving is not just the kingdom of God that, that God has given to them. The legacy that, that they're leaving is also the kingdom that they're presently growing into their children, which then they will pass on to others. Now, if you go back to our scripture passage, the very first line tells us that God is happy, that he was happy to give us the kingdom. Again, verse 32, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom, has been pleased. The Greek word in that passage is, uh, let's see, it's called, well, I have to write it down here. It's eudokason. It's from the root word uh, eudokeo. And it's, it's the aorist active imperative uh, indicative, which means it's a past tense idea. God was pleased. In other words, we already have the kingdom. God's already given. He was pleased to give us the kingdom. It's something we already have. There's a theological term that says that the kingdom is already and not yet. We're still waiting for the kingdom to, to come. But we have it now. God has given us the kingdom what this means here is that how this legacy works is that this is one of the things that we can pass on to people. And we pass on to that uh, as individuals. Now, how can we do that same kind of thing corporately? How can we do that as a church? How do we pass on a legacy worth leaving as a church? That's what we're going to take a look at next. Well, as, we, uh, as we've already said, a legacy is something that's been owned or it's something that's been invested in. It's something that we've poured our energies into. Well, if we're going to do this corporately, if we're going to do this as a church, what kinds of things as a church should we be pouring ourselves into? What should we be putting our energies into in order to build a legacy for the kingdom? Well, I think that we should be putting our, our energies into things that we value. And in this church, we have three values. The three things that this church values are what? Prayer, evangelism, and discipleship. Those are the values of our church. And those are the kinds of things that we should be putting our energies into. And if these things are going to happen at all, we have to do these things as individuals. That's the thing that individual legacies and corporate legacies have in common. If they're going to happen, it has to happen through individuals. Otherwise, they might not happen at all. For example, with prayer, we can all pray. Every person in this room can pray. And I'm sure at some point in time you've You've already heard my prayer list. What can we pray for? Well, we can pray for lost people. We can pray for our church. We should pray for the leadership of our church. We should pray for our elders. Now more than ever, as we get closer and closer to inviting a person to come and be the next pastor of our church. We need your prayers. We can pray in small groups. We should pray for the ministries of our church. We can pray individually. There are many different ways that we can pray. We should all pray and help build up a legacy for the kingdom. And likewise, in the case of evangelism, 
How do we evangelize? How do we take part in that? One way to evangelize, obviously enough, is to share the gospel. Share what God has done in your life with somebody else. Statistics show that many, many evangelical churches never win anybody to Christ. Statistics also show that within five years of a person becoming a Christian, that they lose all of their non-Christian friends. Folks, we need to keep our friends that are outside the church so that we can bring them in. Bring them into the church. Another way that we can uh, engage ourselves in evangelism is to give, to support people that will go in your stead. We need to have your financial support. The ministries of this church need to have your financial support. So please give, continue to give. Missionaries continually are on the field, and the, the world today is a dangerous place. So we need to give and support our missionaries. We just uh, commissioned the mission team going to Poland. So that's another way that you can take part in evangelism. You can join a small church, a small, a small, a small term mission. Evangelism takes place directly through the ministries of this church. We can't do it without your support. It's one of the ways that we help build a legacy for the kingdom. And then as for discipleship, well, discipleship can mean a lot of things. Discipleship can be uh, learning more about the Lord. We do that by reading scripture. We can all read the Bible. We read a portion of it today. This year we've been all engaging, we, at least we've been invited to engage, into reading a chronological Bible. And you'll see from time to time uh, in our newsletters, in our bulletins, there have been little pertinent questions to answer as we go through the Bible and read it together and learn more about the Lord. This is a part of discipleship. This is something we can pass on to somebody else. You can mentor somebody or you can join a, a, a small group or a Bible study. It's one of the ways that we can help build a legacy for the kingdom. Now, if we're going to do those things, if we're going to engage in prayer, evangelism and discipleship, we have to make that a priority in our church, not just a priority. That has to be the number one priority in our church. And as time passes, it's very easy for us to get sidetracked so that it's no longer a priority. It's very easy for us to let other things get in the way so that we don't do any of those things. If we let other things become a higher priority than praying for people, evangelizing the lost and discipling them, we might not see that happen at all. And to give you a little illustration, uh, some of you may have already heard this. It's been in a couple of books. I find it very useful. The story goes that there was a, a seminar where a professor was going to teach his class something about time. Time is one of our more valuable commodities. So he was going to give a little quiz to the class about time. How do we spend our time? What do we put into our time? The value of time. So he took out a, a gigantic, gallon-sized, clear glass jar with a wide top. And then he put next to it a, a plate of really large rocks about the size of your fist. These are really substantial pieces of granite. And he asked the, the, the class, how many of these rocks do you think we can put in this jar? And the, glass, the, uh, the class made their guess. And so he then proceeded to put all of these rocks into the jar until finally there was no more room for these large rocks. And so he asked the class a question. He said, okay, is it full? And the class said, yeah, it's, it's full. It's, it's all the way up to the top. We can't fit any more of those rocks in. And the professor said, oh, really? And then he reached down underneath the table and pulled out another container that was filled with smaller stones and pebbles and gravel. 
And he started to pour that in on top of the, the large rocks. And as he was pouring, he'd shake the jar up and down so that all the little gravel and the little granules could make their way in all the little places that the large rocks had left. And when he got all the way to the top of the gravel, he then asked the class, okay, is it filled now? Well, by this time, the class figured, well, no, we don't think it's filled Yet, you got us. And the professor said, that's exactly right. Very good. And he reached under the table and he pulled out another container. And this contained sand. And so now he pours the sand into this large glass jar. And as he's pouring the sand into the jar, he shakes up the jar so that all the sand can then make its way where all the large rocks and the gravel and the small pebbles had little spaces until the sand filled in all of those little spots all the way to the top of the jar. And once again, the professor said, now is the jar filled? And the class said, no, it's not filled yet. And the professor said, that's exactly right. And so he reached under the table and he pulled out a pitcher of water. And he started to pour the water into the jar as it seeped its way all the way into the bottom and bubbled up all the way to the top. Finally, finally, there was nothing else you could put in the jar. The jar was full. And then the professor had a question for the class. He said, what's the point? And after a few moments of thinking, one of the students ventured a guess. He said, well, okay, we're talking about time. And uh, so there's, there's gaps in time. And so if you really try hard, you can squeeze more stuff into your life. There you go. <laughs> now, isn't that a typically American kind of answer? Isn't that kind of how we view our lives? We've got this certain amount of time that we have to live, so let's just cram everything in there that we possibly can. Let's just do as much as we possibly can. If we're overworked, that's okay. Work some more. If we have all kinds of worldly goods, that's okay. Go buy some more. We do things. We fill up an entire day with things that we do. We do things in the morning. We work all day. We come home at night, and there's no energy left, so let's go do some other things. And then we go to sleep at night, and we wake up the next morning. We do it all over again. Filling up our life with stuff. And the professor said, no, that's not the point. The point is this. If you had not put the large rocks in first, you would not be able to get them in at all there'd be no room for them. The big rocks of our church are prayer, evangelism, and discipleship. They need to be a priority for our church. And if we put other things ahead of those, we might not ever see them taking place in our church. But by putting our time and our efforts into praying for people, into evangelizing people that don't know Jesus, in discipling them, then we build a legacy for the kingdom of all the people that God has brought into this place. You see, in the end, we can't take any of this stuff with us when we leave this earth. You can't bring your money with you. You can't bring your fishing rod with you. You're not even allowed golf clubs in heaven. Sorry, golfers. 
We can't even have our blackberries. Nothing on this earth goes with us into heaven. The only thing that we can bring into heaven are people's souls. Souls are the things that we can bring into heaven. Well, we're in a time of transition. And times of transition are pretty sensitive times for churches, for all churches. And our church is no exception. And what that means is that sometimes the road's going to be really smooth. And it also means that sometimes the road's going to be a little bit bumpy. And that's just the way it is. That's life. That's life within these walls. And that's life outside of these walls. That's just the way things are. In the meantime, there's still the work of the kingdom that needs to be done. We still need to pray for people. We still need to evangelize. We still need to disciple them. We still need to give financially to support the ministries of this church. We have work to do, folks. We do. And we have a choice. You have a choice. We can either just sit, do nothing. We're not going to do that, but it's a choice. We could if we wanted to. Maybe just wait for I don't know what. Maybe wait for uh, another pastor or another idea, another... I don't know. You have to fill in your blank. What will, you, what will you wait for? We can either wait for something or what we can do is get about the Father's work. Get about doing kingdom work and building a legacy worth leaving. And it's my hope today that that's exactly what we choose to do. Because the legacy that Jesus left us is nothing less than the kingdom of God. So let's go about building a legacy that's worth leaving. Amen? Amen.